Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one happening page of Talmud every day. When I read the bit I'm about to read to you in today's page, Nadarim 30, I got to tell you, I felt, I felt real joy. Have a listen. The Gemara responds, but rather, what should one say? That the expression means those already born? However, if that is so, that which is written, behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name. Is the meaning also that he is already born or that he will be born? Trying to make sense of what, what, is, what does it even mean by being born? But Menashe had not yet come into this world and certainly not his grandson, Josiah. Rather, sometimes the word means this, those already born, and sometimes means that, those who are not yet born. And with regard to vows, follow the colloquial language in which the word noladim, those who are born, is used to mean those who are not yet born. So the vow is interpreted in this manner. This may sound like kind of a really weird bit of linguistic tightrope walking, but the idea here is really interesting. If you take a vow and you say, well, I vow on those born, it's like, hold on, what do you mean? Those already born? Those about to be born? And the Talmud basically says to us, follow the colloquial language, Lashon Bnei Adam, the language that people actually speak. Don't be too semantic and prissy about it. Be playful and acknowledge that language is a living thing and that people sometimes assign words meaning that transcend some of their literal dictionary definitions. I love that sentiment because for my sins, I really love hip hop. It is one of my favorite genres of music to listen to. And if there was ever an art form that turned colloquial language into absolute gems, it is this. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome back to the podcast someone who loves hip-hop even more than I do, now the producer of Tablet Studios, but in his not-so-distant past, the producer of The Cypher, perhaps the greatest hip-hop podcast ever made, which you should absolutely check out. Hello to you, Josh Cross. Hello, Liel. So help me out here. I'm, I'm reading this segment in the Talmud, basically saying, yeah, we, we get it. Words could mean a lot of things, but that's the fun part about words. As a hip-hop fan, does that resonate with you? Well, absolutely, because if you look at the foundations of when the form came out of the Bronx and then subsequently with the DJs and Queens and so on and so forth, it was communicating on a level where you just went and did it. It wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm also a rock and roll fan, and it wasn't Robert Plant citing Lord of the Rings or some random stuff Pink Floyd saying. In, in an Beatles. attempt to be deep. Exactly. Led I mean, Zeppelin will talk to you about Frodo. Right. Exactly. Which is kind of silly. Or, 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 you know, any of the stuff that was coming out of, of the 70s in that genre. Come the late 70s, early 80s, what were you talking about? You got Rapper's Delight. And they're, you're just talking about what you're doing there. Or, you I know. got a color TV so I could see the Knicks play basketball. But I wouldn't give a sucker or a bump from the rock and not a dime till I made it again. Everybody go, oh, more. Right, exactly. Or, you know, you have what Curtis Blow was doing in the early 80s. Breaks in a bus, breaks on a car, breaks to make you a superstar. Breaks to win and breaks to lose. But these here breaks rock your shoes. And these are the breaks. Break and then you get to, you know, my karaoke song, which is Marvin Young, Young MC's Bust a Move. This here's a chance for all. The fellas try to do what those ladies tell us. Get 
shot down because you're overzealous. Play hard to get females, get jealous. Okay, smarty. Because it's simple and basic and tells a great story. You know, Slick Rick. Once upon a time not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, when laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he said. You get children's story. You get any of the stuff that was done in the 80s. When that art form came on, the emceeing, the rapping part, came from telling a story of what's going on. You might be either actually having a written script or you'd be looking around the crowd and be like, check out that chick. This is what she's doing or whatever. I mean, and it doesn't remove artistry. Eventually, you wind up with things like you've heard the uh, black thought freestyle that blew up not that long ago it's bonkers i told you keep out of the hood circumcised how could you sleep i thought you always was the first to ride hey yo you heard the line everybody plays the fool well i'll be that exception to the rule the principal to hand deliver lessons to the school i was making major moves my dollar deja vu my mission when my ambition was brandishing the tool to be an icon when slippers made a python getting mine quicker because i'm slick as a pipeline transporting the oil tribulation or even Early Eminem on his first couple of records, he's got a line where he's rhyming antelope, cantaloupe, and can't elope internally inside the same thing. We ain't nothing but mammals. Well, some of us cannibals who cut other people open like cantaloupe. But if we can hunt dead animals and antelopes, then there's no reason that a man and another man can't elope. But if you and it's like communicating like simple things more directly, which is not to say that there isn't some trippy stuff that you can find and artfulness in it, but it all comes from a foundation of communicating to the people that are listening to you clearly. In about a minute, uh, I'm going to ask you, unfairly, I might add, to pick one of your favorite examples and give our listeners a sort of late-in-the-week taste of colloquial language elevated to absolute genius. But before I do, I, I want to ask you, sort of as a fan, as you're coming to it, we both came to it at a relatively young age, what is the pleasure, or, or, or describe to me the pleasure of all of a sudden listening to a form of music that was so much about, well, obviously about the beats, about the melodies, etc. I don't mean to discard that for a minute, but so much about the language. Now, you also know me that I am, I, I love my instrumental stuff, so no bias there. But I think what's interesting is that more than any other genre before, it was driven by the communication of the ideas behind what somebody was saying and the beat and everything else was there to support it, as opposed to you're pulling out this Rolling Stones jam, and yeah, I love me some dead flowers or sympathy for the devil, but it's about the, the music and then the words almost. So it just seems like an inversion of what was driving the creativity and the development of the song. Do you remember a specific hip-hop song that you listened to, again, maybe as a kid, maybe as a teenager, when you listen to the words and say, oh my lord, I'm in the presence of something completely different? For me, it was KRS-One. I mean, the first time I heard it. Oh, I mean, like, you say KRS-One, and, you know, you got the sound of the police from him. And the intellectual valence that that track carries now versus what it carried for me as a 13-year-old or whatever the first time I heard it. Or even go listen to License to Ill and realize what you were listening to as a 10-year-old on the Beastie Boys record. Away 
my God. You know, and it's very interesting to see what they were communicating to us versus communicating to adults. And even where the Beasties or any of these artists went later in their careers and what they chose to communicate then. As always, we got our education by following the colloquial language. Okay, so back to my unfair threat. Choose for us kindly a short segment of Lyrical Genius to introduce those of our listeners who may not be you know, so fond or so familiar with, uh, with hip-hop of its colloquially linguist wonders. The thing that I want to play is from a really old episode with Rocky Ford, the guy who penned some of the earliest major hip-hop hits um, and also may have been the first person to use the phrase hip-hop in print, if I recall correctly, at Billboard in the late 70s. But he's the one that wrote Curtis Blow's Christmas Rappin', which you've all heard. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow, and Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about this time, I celebrate it with a rhyme. And then also went on to write The Breaks. And it's the construction of the words behind The Breaks that truly defined early lyricism at its core and sort of set the groundwork for where hip-hop would go eventually. Have a listen. Hey, yo, what is a cypher? I have no comments on that. The knowledge of the cypher is to enlighten you. This is episode 91, a conversation with journalist, songwriter, and producer Rocky Ford. All of us were big fans of Steely Dan. And he heard this one song, and he sort of messed with the changes. Do, do you remember what tune it was? Royal Scam. And they wandered in from the city of St. John without any time. And uh, he messed with the changes, and that was basically the beginning of the break. And I somehow, out of out of the clear blue sky, came up with lyrics, which I wrote on on a inbound, uh, I guess it was an F train, coming from Roosevelt Avenue to 47th, 50th Street. And I came up with, you know, hearing the sound of the bricks on a train, bricks on a plane. Oh, that sort of rhymes in between Roosevelt Avenue and... And uh, 47th, 50th Street, I basically wrote the basis of most of the song. Last time I talked to Bill Adler on the show, uh, he mentioned that he heard a connection in the breaks between, you know, what that song was about and this particular kind of like, Jewish humor. I think he mentioned Eddie Lawrence of like Eddie Lawrence was of the, one of the funniest. I mean, I remember I grew up in the fifties, so I knew who Eddie Lawrence was. Yeah, and he saw a direct connection between the breaks and and what was his old the old professor that bit. The old professor. That's correct. Yeah. You say you lost your job today. You say it's four a.m. and your kids ain't come home from school yet. You say your wife went out for a corned beef sandwich last weekend. The corned beef sandwich came back, but she didn't. You know, and JB, who basically wrote the second half of the song, he came out with the second part, the part about the, the girl. He took you out to the Red Coach Grill. But he forgot the cash and you paid the bill. 
he told you the story of his life. But he forgot the part about his wife. Well, these are the breaks. Because I obviously had the the breaks from the male perspective. Again, it was the right thing to do. It It just, it made sense. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope you do, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay and Quinn Waller. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Mark Oppenheimer, Sarah Fredman-Ader, Robert Scaramuccia, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic and we will see you again soon. Soon.